Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Having a miserable week will hang in there because we are back on from hiatus with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Mohammed, and as always, for the first time in a long time, I'm joined by my good buddy, Jacob Redman. Jacob, how are you doing? I am doing pretty good, Zach. You know, the weather is looking up in Chicago. Spring is finally sprung. Uh, and it's one of my favorite obscure holidays. It is Pi Day. So get excited. Wow, it's Pi Day. Every time I think of Pi, I just think of that Hannah Montana episode where she's like in a pie eating contest. I don't know if you remember that, but that's what I always think of when I think of pie. She's like young and like wins a pie eating contest. That's That's what my mind goes to when I think of pie. Yeah, that's not one that comes to my mind. Uh, (laughs) What comes to my mind is like memorizing... the pi song so i knew the first hundred digits of pi oh my bad first hundred digits i knew like the first two and that was that the first two. yeah, yeah that's yeah, all yeah. i know yeah uh i was you know in my youth i was very obsessed with pi uh like the the number i uh yeah this this is easily my favorite like nonsense holiday so well there we go i feel like there's a pie scene in avatar the last airbender i can't remember off the top of my head but i feel like they've talked about pie or there's been like pie jokes within the show within yeah, like the Ma- avatar monkey also throws like a custard yes he that, does throw the custard pies yeah, you're yeah. right that that's like kind of a pie and then oh wait uh doesn't uh don't they talk about le- lychee pies at one point? Is that was that pipsqueak? So yeah, I pip love squeak. lychee pies. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, there's pie all over this avatar. Just well, like, there uh, we go. It's pie yeah. day. It's avatar day. Right here in the post show recaps universe, and we are back. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be back podcasting. I yes, mean, it is. My, yeah. my internet crashed right before this <laughs> podcast started. It was a whole thing. Luckily, it was a small issue. Actually, it was just a, it was an easy fix. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for the listeners at home, we were literally like, all right, let's hit record. And then I was like, <laughs> all right, Zach. And I was like, oh, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Literally, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm just happy it happened before the podcast. Yes. Better, yes. better before the podcast than on the podcast. But we're going to do it a little differently today. We don't have a T quartet. And I just, since I was not here for either the Zuko Alone or the Blind Bandit podcast, both of which are two of my favorite episodes of Avatar, so a little disappointed to miss those, but what can you do? Navi and Felipe did a great job in my place. But I just have a question for you, Jacob. So, did Azula, did Azula witness Azulon killing Ozai? Did this happen in Zuko Alone? Oh, other way around. Ozai killing Azulon, right? Ozai killing Azulon, correct. That happened? Like, is that what they imply? I was so shocked yeah. when I watched that. Because <laughs> I never noticed that in my first couple of rewatches. And I noticed that now because I watched the episode alongside with you guys. So, that happens, right? It, it's pretty heavily implied. It's not, like, it's not really sure that she was, like, in the room where it happened uh, to pull a line from but Hamilton. But she definitely knows that it happened. And she's, like, like, happy about it. Azula's, like, a little, like, evil sociopath. My goodness. We'll get into that more this episode. But, my gosh, Azula's just a cold, savage, heartless woman. 
Yeah. And she knows like a lot of the inner workings of the Fire Nation politics, like very, very detailed stuff that I feel like uh, you just wouldn't be privy to as a and kid. And she's like, she's like eight years old when this all that was happening or like younger. And now she's, she's 14. We're going to get into it, but she's 14 and has already mastered lightning bending. I always forget Azula canonically is 14 years old. I know I bring yeah. that up a lot, but that's just so insane to me. She's already mastered lightning bending. Like no, what I mean, the heck? It's, it's totally crazy. I mean, she's clearly one of the more like, raw talented benders uh there is she holds herself to a very high standard and i think we see some of that this episode so yeah we do so let's just jump right into the episode recap so we started here we see oppa's shedding and uh ang is waxing poetic about the beauty of spring and it's such a coincidence (laughs) because we are also in spring exactly when we're recording this. exactly you know the weather is looking up in chicago it's finally a little bit warm outside they started talking about spring and avatar and i was like i know exactly how you feel like uh that is exactly where i am right now uh yeah this was pretty funny we see like uh toff standing on appa's fur being like oh this grass is so soft and uh (laughs) instead it's appa shedding and then we get more um we get more like gags with the hair uh this is not even the first time that ang has made hair out of appa's beard yeah when he was papa pippin padalopsoculus or whatever his name was. exactly (laughs) i don't remember that very difficult name yeah i don't remember that name in full off the dome but yeah because then Sokka gets a little marge wig out of this ang gets a beard and then Toph comes through with her hairy pits. And man, I'm just excited. I'm talking about an episode with Toph. This is the first time I, I know. I missed the blind <laughs> bandit. Look at this. Toph's just part of the crew. I think this is when Avatar really starts to hit its stride, when Toph is just part of the gang. I really enjoy next week's episode, Bitter Work, as well, for the same reasons. It's just so mm-hmm. refreshing to see Toph as part of the gang and just like doing these like little gags, like coming through with her hairy pits all over the place. Yep. Yep. I, I really like this episode for just that reason. Like this is the first episode where we get all of the major players here. Uh, like we don't have Ozai, but you know, he, he's not that important anyway. But yeah, we have exactly, like exactly. all the ma- major players set on the good side. Azula is now in on the bad side. Like we really do have all the pieces on the board. And now we just get to play with the great characters that the people have created. And I'm exactly, so glad we get exactly. that. No, a hundred percent agreed. Well, and then I wanted question. to stop. Oh, oh, you have a question. Okay. I, yeah. Ask, I had a question for you. So Katara is like, coughing at Appa's fur like is she allergic to it because if so like that sucks for her I don't think she's allergic I just think he's got so much hair floating around it's like when you're in a really dusty room like even if you're not Mm. allergic to dust you're gonna start coughing and I think Appa's got so much hair floating around maybe a hair just floated in her throat sadly and we all know the pain of having a hair in your food hair in your throat it's not great you hack along like you're a heavy smoker so (laughs) I could relate to Katara in that moment I have a question for you so when Aang sneezes while laughing at Toph's joke (laughs) and it launches him so far back like does this happen every time Aang sneezes he just launches himself into the air because he sneezes crashes into Appa and then continues laughing, but he hit Appa with some force. Like, I'm surprised Aang didn't break a wrist or something with this sneeze. Yeah, it is, it is pretty crazy. I, I forget what the would you rather is, but there's some would you rather question that's like, would you rather fly? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's a would you rather. Would you rather fly every time you sneeze? So essentially do what Aang did. Or would you rather sneeze every time you fly? So every time you're under an airplane, you're sneezing the entire time. Mm, I'd rather the former almost, I think. 
Okay. I, I actually, I actually, I don't know. They're both bad, to be honest. I'd rather neither of these. Like, <laughs> no, well, neither okay. of them are good options. Look, but what, that, what would you choose of those two? That's what a would you rather is. And they're not. It's not going to be like would you rather have a million dollars or no, like, of lose course, your of hand? Course, of course, like, those uh, are the would. You, but so of those two options, what would you go with? Well, I think I'd rather sneeze every time I fly. And, like, it would be annoying for everyone else around me. But, like, if I flew every time I sneeze, like, just the logistics of falling or, like, let's say I'm, like, sitting down at my desk. I'm, like, working on something. And then I sneeze and just, like, fly up. And, but that would like, be pretty fun. Like, what if you could just, like, start <laughs> sneezing by yourself and just flying all over the place? Like, if you could prep for it somehow, which, of course, you can't. Sneezes are random. I know that. But if you could hypothetically, like, sneeze on command and then just start flying places or, like jolting every time i don't know i feel like that could be fun especially if you're like ang because ang takes no damage from this and continues yeah. laughing i'm surprised if this if, if i sneeze the way ang did and crash into appa i'm like breaking a finger i'm breaking a wrist or something oh for sure yeah I, it would be pretty funny if you're like allergic to cats or something and you just like bring a cat with you and just like start scratching it so you're sneezing a bunch just flying higher and higher up <laughs> exactly yeah. that's what i was that's what i was thinking you just <laughs> floating in the air That'd all right be all right maybe well, you we'll changed my mind that actually sounds pretty yeah, we'll, appealing we'll, we'll, we'll We'll keep moving on here with the plot because we're on a little time limit here. But basically, in the next scene, Katara and Toph, Toph likes to be self-sufficient. And mm-hmm. Toph is a very straight shooter. So, Katara, who likes things her own way, Katara and Toph naturally are butting heads here. And their dispute's going to go on for the whole episode. But I just have an overall question of you because they're debating the whole time. I mean, we'll get into Toph's insults and all that. But who do you side with overall in this dispute? Were you team Katara or were you team Toph? So throughout the episode, ultimately, I think I would be team Katara in real life. However, in this episode, I'm with team Toph. Yeah, I think I agree with you. But continue your point. Toph has never had to do a chore in her entire life. Like she's been like, you know, totally sheltered and taken care of. Like she's completely self-sufficient. She's not relying on anyone. And like while she's getting acclimated to the group, like I feel like it's totally fine for her to get like a little bit of a pass. I feel like exactly if this is like month three, then yeah, you should be pitching in. But like two days later or like whatever it is, like even a week later, like you ought to be like given a little bit of grace. That's where I I stand. I think I stand with Toph as well because if she was like let's say she had a bag that smelled as funky as Sokka's and was expecting (laughs) other people to carry it then I would be like okay Toph is in the wrong but she's self-sufficient I mean she creates her own tent she has her she packs her own food I mean it's not like I feel like that in my own house it's like if you're not causing any messes or any doing anything like that then I think it's fine I think so I was team Toph throughout the episode and Katara's quite mean this episode to be honest we'll get into it but Katara at one point makes a blind joke that was like kind of ableist almost, I thought. It was not yeah. good. <laughs> not yeah. good for Katara. Katara is very cranky when she doesn't sleep. Katara needs like a melatonin, maybe some CBD oil. Katara needed something Whoa. like that to sleep. You're trying to get her some CBD oil. Uh, wow. Well, I, think- I mean, she needed just her, her mood this episode. Katara's temperament. Like, usually Katara's like, oh, and we'll get into that face she makes. When she, oh, that's when, crazy. <laughs> in a little bit, but. Yeah, so we'll continue here. So then Toph oh, sends... Uh, actually, oh, to, oh, yeah, to go yeah. back a bit, if, if we're uh, if we're going to be plugging CBD, we better be getting a sponsor. Just just saying. <laughs> no, oh, fair, fair. I mean, yeah, true. Like every podcast now has every a CBD. Single one. Every single podcast has some random CBD oil that's In fact, we them. should make up our own by the Cabbage Man. In fact, next week we'll be sponsored by some fake company that well, I... Well, we should do up. like the... Bra- Remember I made that Brambleberry Kush joke or whatever? It should be like <laughs> Brambleberry CBD <laughs> yes, oil, yes, I feel yes. like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so clearly, like, Katara is pretty bad at conflict management. I don't know yes. a ton about it, but she's doing awful. 
Um, then later, yeah, she, she, we'll get into her apology in a bit, but then her apology was not good. I thought, or I thought Katara's like, cause Katara apologizes to Toph while expecting an apology in return rather than just giving an actual apology. Yeah. That's actually one of my biggest pet peeves. Like if yes. someone's going to apologize to me, like maybe I've done something wrong, like just apologize to me without expecting something back. Like, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But then no, nobody does that to me. Like Katara just pulls a fast one on Toph yeah. there. Like yeah. that never happens to me in real life. Most people who apologize to me aren't expecting anything in return yep so, so the rest of them are undoing uh they're like getting the saddle off of appa um they're able to like you know get everything in order katara then later goes over to toff and is saying like hey i just want to say i'm sorry we're all tired and toff's like yeah you are pretty tired <laughs> which like shots fired yeah toss toss like i said she tosses straight shooter she she, yeah. she she she's not expecting to need to apologize she doesn't feel like she did anything wrong and she's like yeah you do seem pretty tired yep. and then katara goes off this sets Katara. Katara does not take kindly to this comment. Yeah, uh, not at all. They, they end up all going to bed and then Toph wakes up. Uh, already shows how clutch she is. You know, she's here. She's True. able to feel things with vibrations. Like they would have gotten ambushed like they've done so many times in season one. But instead, Toph is like, oh, I feel something coming towards us. She claims it's like an avalanche, but not an avalanche. They decide that they're going to leave. And, and as Sokka leaving, says, Sokka says, right when she says that, he's like, oh, your powers of perception are frightening, <laughs> which is a very yes. good line from Sokka. Yeah. I thought that was a good zinger. But continue your little synopsis there. Yeah. So, so they, so they like go to leave and then they spot mm-hmm. like, uh, some tank looking thing like it almost looks like a um like a train but like yeah and i think this is part of the so remember in the mechanist episode yes. so the yes. fire nation raids it and then this is from the mechanist like lab basically they got like a bunch of blueprints for like these steampunk-esque machines and this is the first we're gonna see of these and then this culminates with like the drill episode the drill being they found the blueprints for the drill in the mechanist lab and then they were able to build it with all the fire nation infrastructure and technology there yep uh yeah so then they get kind of far away enough from that uh that Mm -hmm. creepy little thing they then find some more ground they're all super exhausted and we go right back to the same argument katara is just saying like help out uh you need to pitch in toff saying no like i'm carrying my own weight same argument as before but yeah this one gets a little bit more contentious uh Yes, it does. When Lydia's pissing you off, I have a question. Do you say, hey, look here, sugar queen? Is that a line you bring up? Uh, I do not think I have ever said that in my <laughs> life, nor would I ever say that to any person I respect. Uh, that is such a rude thing to say. Uh, really? It's not, to me, it's not that, it's kind of comical in a way. It just makes me Sh- laugh. Sugar I wouldn't get offended if someone was like, all right, sugar king, look here, sugar king. I just laugh. But I'm just trying I to get- think about the like connotations of it and like, I can't come up with a single thing that's like a good connotation there for it. No, there's no good connotation for it at all. Like it's mean, don't get me wrong, but it's not like a cuss word, you know what I mean? Nah, that's I fair, like, that's fair. That's so that's why I would not take it. And then Katara and I've been like so they start arguing for a bit, and then Aang tries to play peacemaker, he tries to calm down Katara, and Katara's like, Do I not look calm? I'm completely calm. And the face Katara makes, the animators really had a lot of fun with this episode. Because Katara's face on this, I don't know if this should this Katara's face should be our image for the podcast this week, but oh, Holy, it's like the face was so detailed. They had like veins popping out of her eyes and stuff. I mean, and with Sokka later on in the episode, I feel like the animators have a lot of fun with the facial expression this episode. 
Yeah, Katara looks completely enraged. Her Unhinged, eyes dude. are like bloodshot. Her eyes yes. like cover like half the screen. Yeah, She's like they do. Very it's all screens her face. It's like yeah. it's shocking. And uh and Aang is or cause she says like uh we both need to calm down. I'm completely calm, and Aang's like, Yeah, I can see you're calm, and just <laughs> leaves her to be. Uh, but then then this is where this is where Katara makes the joke that like is, you know, cancelable, very ableist. She says, The stars are so beautiful tonight, too bad you can't see them. Yeah, and this joke, I I thought this was pretty risque for even for Avatar. I th- I thought this is like something like you don't see any like homophobic or sexist comments in Avatar really, mm, but this um mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Which what what sexist? Co- no, no, spit. So- what, what? Sokka Sokka has oh, so- some oh, very so- sexist so- comments. Okay, or besides early season one Sokka, who's extremely yes. sexist. We've got we went into great detail about how sexist Sokka is. Besides that, like there's never any comments, especially season two, season three. There's never any comments that are too bad. But this, I heard this, and I was like, man, if this is 2020. Katara is yeah. losing some sponsors. She's getting canceled right here. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, there's no reason to say that. Uh, I think Toph responds completely appropriately by just sending a blast of Earth right at her to hit her. The only thing I don't uh, appreciate is that Sokka got landed on. Like, so like Katara goes up flying in the air and lands on Sokka. <laughs> like, but Sokka always gets landed on. I feel like he's <laughs> just used to it at this point. That's fair. I was going to say like Sokka doesn't deserve it, but Katara definitely does uh, with that joke. So there you go. No, fact, she deserves that and yeah I, I have in my notes here katara is just an a-hole this whole episode my goodness she's just mean katara, yeah. i guess katara needs her sleep like katara when she's got a good night of sleep she's fine she's like the nicest most caring member of the group but katara on with no sleep is just very angry very yeah how angry. are you without sleep zach Mm, I'm okay. I get very tired and low energy, but I'm okay. I don't get like that irritable. How about you? How are you on no sleep? Yeah, I feel like I'm pretty decent on no sleep, all things considered. I don't like to sleep that well anyway. Like I feel like uh, I can go a few days with like little amount of sleep and still be okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, the, thing, the thing that gets me angry to where I start getting upset with people is when I don't eat. Uh, yeah, no, same, same. I get more irritable when I'm not, when I'm hungry. So I'm yeah. with you on that rather than being tired. Cause naturally I'm always in a tired state, to be honest. Yeah. That's just me. I'm just always yeah. a little tired. So I'm kind of so used to it at this point. Yeah, I feel that. But I start getting a headache when I'm hungry and oof, that's when you got to step away. Cause I'll call you sugar queen and I'll, uh, make fun of you any, any chance I get when I get hungry. So yeah. And then we will continue here. So Katara starts roasting <laughs> Sokka's ponytail because and this is so Toph is asking who's Zuko because they explain mm-hmm. like oh maybe it's Zuko tracking them they're like yeah Zuko's this angry freak with a ponytail Katara's like what do you mean ponytail to Sokka and she's like oh your ponytail screams fun and perky and she's just like roasted <laughs> poor Sokka over here yeah. for no reason like what did Sokka do to deserve to get roasted here and then Sokka responds like saying it's a warrior ponytail and stuff but yeah, this yeah. is uncalled for from Katara. I, I did think that Sokka has a perfect description of who Zuko is he says uh, oh just some angry freak with a ponytail who's tracked us all over the world like that is the exact tagline that i would use i think it's yeah. perfect facts uh, no that's a very good tagline from Sokka. yeah here, but but then even yeah even Sokka's is getting the brunt of it like katara is making fun of his ponytail uh i do i do think that if i ever got a ponytail i would want it to be fun and perky those are like the two traits that i want in my ponytail True. And yeah that's not even a bad that's not even an insult it's just like a backhanded compliment in a way yeah, uh, exactly. And, and honestly, like, so they keep asking, like, how are we getting tracked? Uh, like, Aang's like, oh, there's no way they can track us. But like, is it that hard? Like, we've, we've remarked many times how it should be so easy to track them because they have a flying bison and like, it's the only flying bison. But like, I really feel like 
it should not be that hard. They should have caught on by this point. Am I off but base off, here? I think I think what it is though is that off actually moves pretty fast. So like if you're on the ground on a vehicle, you can't technically keep up with Oppa. And it's also why like the machine's always lagging behind. So yeah. that's the thing. Oppa actually in the sky moves pretty fast. I don't know Oppa's like miles per hour, but he's zooming up there. He's I'm moving pretty, pretty quick. I'm pretty sure that somebody calculated this based on how fast the ship was going, and it was like mm-hmm. twenty two miles an hour or something. Like it wasn't actually that fast. But then think about it though. There's no like, there's no cars in the yeah, Avatar yeah, yeah. universe. So then 22 miles per hour there is like faster than any vehicle or like any mounted, like Zuko's ostrich horse cannot run 20. Maybe you can. Maybe you can run 22 miles per hour for a long by, time. By the way, they love showing us that ostrich horse. We'll get to that in a second. They show us again. Like they just love being like, Oh, hey, by the way, like he stole something. Like yeah, they just, true. they're like, Hey, in case you forgot, uh, this is the ostrich horse he stole. Like just, just remember, please, please keep yeah. it in your memory. Is, is this where, so, they, is this the part of the episode where they actually confront Azula and them? Yeah, so this is like the third time that they're down. Aang is like, yes. let's just face them. Like, maybe they're friendly. Like, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought this, <laughs> this made me laugh in the moment, though. Maybe they're friendly. Like, these people tracking you in this, like, horrifying looking machine like yeah chances of them being friendly are like 0.0 percent exactly and, and Sokka Aang, even here is like always the optimist like yeah yeah um, exactly ang always the optimist it's true so then what we see is like uh one of the doors opens up uh a bunch of these creepy looking lizards come out these things i am not a fan yeah they of. look hideous these yeah. can you describe these mounted I, lizards that they're on they're like black with like green stripes they look yeah. scary and they're like six feet long yeah, so apparently they're called mongoose. Um, they're called mongo- mongoose lizards. Yes, they're a lot smaller in real life, but they can actually run on water. I looked that up because I saw like an actual real life GIF of them running on the water. So this is a real thing they do. They're also, Dan Sinensky pointed out, they're also in real life called Jesus Christ lizards. But yeah, yeah they're basically yeah. gargantuan mongoose lizards. And like the only lizards like this in real life are like Komodo dragons are the only comparable thing. And Komodo dragons don't look as scary as whatever these things are these just look hideous no that's totally true and the worst part about these things is like they have these little yellow eyes which just look so creepy i, I don't yes. know what it is about those eyes but they just do not jive well with yeah me. reptilian eyes always look kind of scary but they, they're yeah. cool at the same time too don't get me wrong like if one of these was friendly i definitely start riding it around and like having my own lizard that could just run across rivers that would be sick don't get me wrong yeah it would, it would not be like having oppa or anything like that or even the sheer shoe but I'd still cop one of these if you could domesticate them, which yeah, I don't yeah. know if you can. I mean, it looks like they have. So what we see is we see three of them come out. Then we see Tylee, May, and Azula all mount them, uh, getting ready to take them down. Katara immediately recognized them as the girls from Omashu. Apparently, uh, they like never officially met there. Uh, and then this is where Toph is like, yeah, we'll take them on three on three. And uh, <laughs> poor Sokka getting the getting the brunt of the joke yet again. Getting destroyed. yeah, it's Sokka. Sokka's response to this, he's like, "I can still fight." And then the, another great facial expression this episode. If you're rewatching alongside with us, like keep track of the funny faces because Sokka's like eyes are bulging out of his head, and then his whole face turns red from anger too. It's like he turns a bright shade of red after responding to this. And then Toph, what does she say? She's like, "All right, three on three plus Sokka." So. <laughs> Yeah, He's yeah. still not even included in the equation. Because Toph to is just like so brazen. Toph's like, oh, yeah, I didn't count you. Like, you can't bend. Like, you don't count. And like, that actually made me think, like, uh, are there like second class citizen type things? Like, I know this is like sort of comes up in Korra, but like, 
yeah, like this seems pretty, this seems pretty bad. If like Toph's just like already like, oh, if you can't bend, you're not really fully like counting. I don't know. Yeah, but then Sokka is kind of useless in these battles, to be honest. Like, yeah, he'll have his moments here and there, but especially like, what does he do in this episode? He just gets beat by Ty Lee in like two seconds. That's he actually, he, he makes some impressive moves. We'll get to that fight in a we'll, bit. We'll get, we'll get to that the fight at the end. No, he, he does some cool stuff. But then, so basically they have a little dispute before they run away and Toph Earth bends this huge wall behind them while they evade the three girls. But then Azula is, has already mastered lightning bending. I was talking about it earlier because what she does, so Toph raises this huge wall while they make their escape and Azula shoots this like direct pinpoint blast of lightning right at the wall and the whole wall explodes just with one blast of light yeah i i did not know that lightning could destroy rock like i i kind of thought if we were playing like a rock paper scissors game of like a very complicated like rock paper scissor lightning fire whatever like (laughs) i kind of thought that rock would beat lightning like yeah, I, I'm surprised, but... Uh, Same. Maybe Toph didn't earthbend a big enough slab. I don't know. It looked pretty huge, though. It was yeah. almost like a rock tidal wave is what it looked like. Yeah, so so I, I tried to look this up, you know, keeping science on our side here on the Ang in There podcast. It does seem like certain types of rocks can be broken by lightning, so maybe Toph just didn't have, like, the proper rock type to be able to, like, withstand it. But I don't know. It was pretty surprising. Clearly, Azula is very strong. Uh, the other thing that I have to say, like, so the first thing that she does is, uh, tough earth bends, like essentially like an avalanche type thing or like a yes. column and the, yes. the mongoose lizards just like leap over them. Like the lizards don't care. And that's like, that makes them even creepier. Yeah. These lizards are athletic. We'll get yeah. into their feats, but these are some, they're good <laughs> mounts for war, especially they're good, like li- animals to have in battle in it- particular, just like opera. Yeah, exactly. Like Hannibal took over uh, a bunch of places with elephants. Like with these mongoose lizards, who you could take over the entire uh, entire world. No facts. Facts. Uh, Do you if you had like an army of mongoose lizards, you're set. Like any dictator is like taking over. With what an what animal would you most want to have out of the Avatar universe uh, as a weapon? Probably Appa still too. Appa or the Shearshu are my picks because like the Shearshu can paralyze people, which is so useful. I think. It's like the fact that the Shishu is just like an animal version of Tai Lee in a way. Like and, you can do. Yeah. And it can track people too, which is pretty yes, useful as well. Yes. It's just hideous. I wouldn't want it as a pet. Whereas <laughs> Oppa, Oppa might be a little weaker in a 1v1 battle, but then I just like Oppa more and I like flying too. So it's like yeah. having a mounted sky bison. Like those are my two picks. Is that, do you have any other of those? T- Anything else you would pick? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Roku's dragon. Like, I feel like oh, any facts, sort of dragon right. would uh, would be pretty good. But I think if we exclude the dragon, um, then probably, yeah, probably Appa. Like, I think the Sheer Shoes, like, a solid pick, though. If you had, like, yeah. a legion of Sheer Shoes, like, you're, you can wreck some people pretty easily. Yeah. yeah. They actually talk about that in the Kiyoshi novels. Some guys, like, breeding Sheer Shoes, and then one of the antagonists buys a bunch of Sheer Shoes off somebody, basically, nice. to use them to track people. So, nice. yeah, uh, Sheer Shoes are a valuable commodity in the Avatar, the last Airbender universe. The, the Kiyoshi novels are on my reading list. They are officially second on uh, what I'm going to read next so what once you read them maybe we can do an off like we can do a second podcast that week and just podcast about the novels i'd be down i'll even read i'd I'd reread them for that podcast perfect yeah we will uh we'll give more information before that uh happens but yeah that sounds super fun if anyone else wants to read them and join our little book club that sounds like a great idea so yeah they're uh, really good novels honestly it's gonna be i don't don't know how i've never podcasted about a book before though we'll we'll talk about this offline but i I don't know how how i would go about it (laughs) it's kind of easy avatar if you think about it it's only 20 minute episodes 
episodes. So they're bite-sized episodes. And then we just like talk and like insert our opinions on a podcast. But with a yeah. book, there's a lot more meat on the bone. Well, hey, maybe it'll be like a 16-hour podcast or something. <laughs> uh, maybe it'll be a We're just marathon. sitting here turning to like skeletons as like yeah, yeah, the yeah. podcast goes on. That'd be hilarious. 16-hour exactly. pod, just a marathon podcast. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm down. But then so we'll continue here. So they start flying away and the sun starts coming up. And then Sokka, Sokka has a funny line here because he's like, I've never not slept before. What if something happens? And something always happens. And then you get like the ancient alien music, like the like <laughs> I love I love that like music where they play. The last time we got this was actually the Great Divide. I'm pretty sure is the last time we got like the alien music oh, with the true. tour guide. Yeah, you know the what tour I mean. Guide. So I, I like when they come back to this like ancient aliens esque music here. Yeah, that, that's a good callback with the tour guide. I had forgotten that. Yeah, ha- have you ever stayed up all night before? Like, did were yeah, you many worried? Times. Yeah, many times. were you no, worried? I don't want- no, <laughs> I was fine. I, honestly, though, I, like like you, I'm kind of used to like because even when I sleep at night, sometimes I'll sleep like a very disjointed sleep. So like I'll go to sleep early and wake up early, but then I'll sleep like six to eight hours, and it'll be like I'll wake up once every two hours or something like that. So sometimes I sleep a disjointed sleep, but I'm fine. Like I can, I'm I'm so used to living all the time. I'm not a coffee drinker, so I'm just like routinely used to just living tired so unlike sock i would have no worries about going a night without sleep but then again though they had a busy day it's like they were evading people they had to battle like they're all exhausted so i understand why they need their sleep see i'm just surprised like why don't they sleep on appa like appa has a pretty big saddle on his back like they could take shifts like ang could be flying him and then Sokka. like everyone could get at least an hour or something well they, they do that at the end of the episode that's what happens. They all end up sleep. The last shot of the episode is them all asleep on Appa's back. Oh, I thought they landed and then went to sleep. Maybe they're all asleep. No, all well, right. they were all on Appa's back regardless. I don't gotcha. think they hadn't landed. Like, it shows them in the saddle asleep, I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. Well, there you go. Very, uh, <laughs> very helpful and astute. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to No, 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 no. That, that you answered my question exactly. I was so curious. Yeah. I couldn't think about it. But, yeah, so then we, we run into a new issue uh, essentially they are not going to be able to fly for forever. Um, like, like not only are the people getting tired, but also Appa's getting a bit tired. Appa falls asleep actually in mid flight. Yes. Uh, before we get that, we get just a random shot of Zuko riding an ostrich horse. <laughs> I like, I, Cool, I guess. Uh, yeah, and he what he's doing, he's tracking uh, Azula's like machine thing from yes, earlier. He's yes. tracking the tracks of it. Yeah, I don't know why they included this, to be honest. It, like they did, they could have had just Zuko pop up in the end of the episode and not have this included. Yeah, but it was not, a weird shot. It's not like we forgot about him. Like last, no, we week. didn't. We we know Zuko's track. We know what Zuko's doing. He's still looking for Aang. He's looking for Azula. We we know we know Zuko. I mean, we just got a whole episode about his. <laughs> exactly. going-ons and stuff. It's not like last week they were like, uh-oh, you might forget Aang, so we're going to just throw him <laughs> in for one second just yeah, so I mean, you like, Yeah, exactly. I mean, we just had Zuko alone. We know we know what's going down. Exactly. But yeah, it's a weird shot to insert, but you you made it funny to talk about. So yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so now we go back to the gang. Uh, the- Appa is falling asleep. They start frantically uh, like panicking. They're falling down. They're in free fall. I have to say, I need to reevaluate whether I'd want to sleep on Appa or sleep on a commercial airliner because a commercial airliner doesn't uh, never falls asleep and free falls. Yeah, and like it looks like, man, I don't know how they were able to maintain their grip on Appa while Appa's free falling because it looked like so much force shooting upwards that I would have been flying off into the sunset like T. Brock if Appa <laughs> started free falling. I don't think I would have been able to hold on. 
Yeah. Um, it does, it is like, it is a bit suspicious that they're all able to hold on. I guess like, uh, the other alternative would just be for them to like fall off and crash. That probably isn't great, but yeah, it does seem like, you know, if Oppa is going to fall asleep, it's a lot more dangerous. You definitely have to take out an insurance policy if you're going to fall on, uh, or if you're going to fly on his back. Uh, Aang is like able to wake him up. Uh, Appa's like, in the nick of time. Yeah. Appa's like sort of able to wake up. Like even when he's awake, he's not that worried. Like, I, you know, if you caught me and I was like falling and I was like about to like fall or I could like catch myself and I was waking up, I feel like I would act with a sense of urgency, but Appa's like out. I think Appa has very good pain tolerance. And I only say this because we always see him like crash through trees and stuff and he's usually fine. Like he actually never, you never see Appa like, Appa's always tired because he's always flying for like 16 hours straight, but. He, he never, I don't think Appa doesn't feel pain too much. So like him crashing into all these trees down below, he seemed pretty fine afterwards, to be honest, even though it's a pretty rough landing, I think. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Like I've not considered, uh, Appa's pain tolerance. It's got to be pretty high. Appa's clearly the MVP of this episode, right? Like without yeah, Appa I mean, there, he, but we're, we're used to Appa being the MVP at this <laughs> point. How many, cause there, there's so many episodes where it's just like, Oh, Appa flying for 18 hours again. It's like yeah. <laughs> Appa just flying for such long periods of time. Like, isn't that half the plot of season? Season one is like Appa flies a long time. Pretty <laughs> much, pretty much. That's like all of season one. It's just like, yeah. oh, Appa's flying for 16 hours again. Somebody's chasing us. Exactly. Well, Appa's just got to fly. Exactly. Super clutch. Uh, but yeah, also poor birds. So like uh, these, so Appa's like crashing into all of these trees. Like these trees are probably like never been like touched before. Like they've not been like, you know, messed with. These birds probably have very stable nests, but now Appa's like crashing through and we see like flocks of birds have to leave. Like that's, that's gotta suck. That's, yeah, that's Appa probably killed a couple of eggs there, if we're being honest. There's yeah. a couple of nests that got destroyed for sure. Rest Dang. in peace to those little baby birds. Pour one out. All right. Pour one out. Yeah, I was just about to say pour one out. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, back in sync. There we go. There um, we go. Yeah. So so now Sokka's like, okay, like we've gotten some uh we've gotten some ground between us and them. Like, let's just go to bed. Um yeah. And then for some reason, Katara, even though she's exhausted, decides to go back again and mess with Toph. And I just do not understand where Katara's coming from. Yeah, and then Toph has a funny line here because she's like, I didn't ask for diddly doodah. Have you ever heard of this phrase before? I never have. <laughs> diddly doodah. Sounds like something Ned Flanders in The Simpsons would say. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never heard of this before. Um, you know, I've heard of like zippity doodah. Uh, yeah, I've heard that. It, it's, like, it's not the same. Like they, these are two distinct things. <laughs> no, they're not. But this is the closest that I can get to. Um, I guess diddly doodah, it's like zilch, not uh, like zilch. it's like. Yeah. Or something like that, but I I don't know. Like I've never heard the phrase "diddly doodah," and I also like I'm skipping ahead a bit, but I like the earth bend slide Toph makes Sokka do to get out of the way, mm-hmm. like where she just like slides him, <laughs> yeah. just like gives like waves her head and just like slides Sokka right out of the way when he yeah. tries to stop her from leaving. Um, yeah, but but I do like this. So like they're they're fighting. Uh, Katara's blaming Toph. Toph then all of a sudden just decides to start blaming Appa, which is like. A terrible take. Uh, yes, bad take. Appa's doing the most. He's not like this. I don't know why she started blaming Appa out of all people. And then Aang is like the number one Appa stand. Like Aang doesn't care if you insult him. You can call him bald. You can like mock Aang all you want, but you mock Appa, and that's when Aang gets angry. <laughs> Aang does not take too kindly to the insults to Appa. And then Aang starts yelling at Toph, and we get this whole fight. And then Toph just decides that she just wants to leave. She's just done. 
Yeah, I mean, Aang really comes for her at this moment. Aang yeah, is like, he he's saved your life three times. He's carrying your weight. Which like, he has. Like, everything Aang says is facts. He's, well, Aang is saying truth to you. Except for the fact that he's like, Appa's carrying your weight. Uh, he says something like, he never had a problem until you arrived. Toph yeah, weighs, that's that. Okay, that's that's where uh, Aang loses me. Yeah. You're right. Toph You're weighs right. a maximum of 50 pounds. Like, there is no way that she's, like, heavy. She's, like, a very small, uh, like, what? How old is she? Like, 12-year-old girl? 12, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, I don't exactly know how much 12-year-olds g- girls weigh, because uh, that's, like, would be a very odd thing to just, like, know off the top of my head, but... Like it's gotta be light. There's no yeah. way that the marginal she's, difference. She's not more. She's not more than like a hundred pounds for sure. Exactly. No, not a chance. So like, uh, very surprising that uh, Aang says that. But I do appreciate Aang here. Aang really does stick up for his friend. He really is ready to. Uh, he's ready to fight for Appa. No, yeah, facts. Aang is such a good homie to Appa. And like I said, Aang is like the number one Appa stan. Like, I mean, all the gang loves Appa. Like, even Toph will grow to love Appa, especially in the Wan Shi Tong library episode. She sheds a lot of tears when she's Appa gets stolen right underneath her grasp. And yeah, yeah, so everyone comes to love Appa, but then Aang is like the loves Appa the most by far of the group. Yeah, well, Aang says something that upsets Toph. Toph decides to leave, and this is where we get the funny gag, where, like, Sokka's in uh, in her way. Toph is just like, nah, like, <laughs> get, go away. Uh, just moves him to the side using some earth bending. That's that's pretty clever. Like, that's got to be fun to uh, to do that. Like, that's got to be fun pranks when you're, like, a kid doing that. No, true. That would be fun. I mean, I'd be sliding people right out. I'm so jealous of Toph and her earthbending prowess. I wish I could just like erect a little tent over myself whenever I'm in a bad mood and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that does sound nice. Um, but then as, uh, as Toph is leaving, Aang is really upset. And here we get in a weird face from Aang. We get Aang with like some huge eyes, like all these teary eyes crying, uh, very fun look from him. Yeah, Aang is another person who always has the funny facial. I think the animators in season two, I think season two, I'm not 100% sure, nobody quote me on this, but it feels like they got like almost a budget increase so then they have a lot more fun like animating these gags and stuff because like this episode in particular, all the facial expressions across the board are hilarious. Yeah, like it, it definitely does seem like they have a bit more to work with, probably some more freedom to do silly stuff like this. Like we get like three moments in this episode alone that are just like funny animating gaffs and i'm a big fan of that yeah um, facts. yeah so so then what we see is uh yeah that they're they're gonna like try to go find Toph and apologize uh but then they have these uh people chasing after them so ang devises a plan uh they go and they get all of the water uh, or they go to the water they get a bunch of the fur and uh they ang- clean up uh, like get his all his like loose excess fur off Yep. So he's not leaving a trail still. I think this is a, overall, this is a good plan from Aang. Like, Aang, we've, we've roasted some of his strategic decisions in season one. I remember the episode we did with Chappelle. Aang makes a weird, like, <laughs> has a weird suggestion for a plan that Sokka and Katara do not listen to at all. <laughs> but overall, this is a good, like, this is a smart plan from Aang. And I think his decision to wait in the town to confront Azula was a smart one as well. So I overall, like good stuff from Ang, like showing his avatar chops here, like coming up with this full full plan. Yeah, I agree. This I was surprised that this plan doesn't come from Sokka. Like this seems yeah, like the type yeah, of plan true. that Sokka would come up with, the sort of like yeah. uh like out of the box a little bit, but like makes uh sense sort of plan. Um but yeah, so the plan is that uh Aang is gonna get a bunch of the fur, they're gonna fly away. Uh, with Appa's stuff, um, or with, uh, without Appa's stuff, so that he's able to fly, and then the fur will lead right to Aang. 
So that's the plan. Uh, they go to do this. Um, Appa sadly is not able to get enough height as he's leaving and he clips the top of the trees. Some more bird's nests are gone. Rest in peace. Pour another one out. That's what we got to do. Pour another pour. one out. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> another one. There we're, we go. <laughs> we're pouring them out uh, left and right. But yeah, so then what we see we, is... We cut briefly to Iroh and Toph here, correct? This uh, is what we... Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Get, we get this before the group of females, right? Yep. So so then the next thing we see is like uh, Toph is, you know, running around. Toph hears like a noise um, or I guess like feels something. Yes. And she like sends an earthbending uh, like rock, I guess, behind a rock a larger rock and uh hit someone in the back uh then we see it is the lovable iro who now yeah, has his like, tail that really hurt my tailbone that's what says. <laughs> he just took a rock shot right to the keister sadly <laughs> yeah uh but now uh yeah so now toff and iro together a weird pairing this is not something that you would have expected though no it's it's unconventional and this is what i really like about avatar they always have like unconventional characters having plot lines together because we'll see like uh, Aang and Toph will have a plot together or like Sokka and Toph or like Katara and like Aang or like Katara and Sokka. Like I love how they, you'll get these random pa- or Katara and Zuko later on in the season. I love these unconventional pairings the show does because I really like Iroh and Toph and we'll get more into detail. The conversation they have is very good. I mean, they both learn, they both gain something from talking to one another and they just bump into each other by accident. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's like a nice conversation they're about to have. Before we get there, we see, uh, May, Ty Lee, and Azula all looking at the, uh, like the fur. Ty Lee, yeah. um, or I think May here first says like, oh, it's wads of wet fur. Tylee, this is a great conversation. I love this conversation. I have the whole conversation written down, so I mean, we per- can get per- into perfect. it if you want. Do you want to? Do you want to act it out, or do you want to just? Sure. Who should I be? Do you do you want to be Tylee, or do you want to be May? Uh, let me be May. Do, do you, okay, sure. Okay, you have both people's lines. Yeah, I think All so. Right, I got right. the lines right here. Wads of wet fur. How delightful. Uh, I don't think it's a wads. I think it's bundles or bunches. It's got an ah uh sound for sure. Clumps. Clumps, yeah, they're clumps. <laughs> like, I love how Ta- not Ta- Ty Lee is so happy to find the clumps word. Like she was looking for this word the whole day, couldn't think of it, and she's like, "Yeah, it's clumps. How'd you know?" And Ty Lee, God bless her soul, Ty Lee is like ten out of ten in like the fight skills department, but she's kind of a doofus. But if we're being yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. Ty Lee, not the brightest bulb in the box. But, but Ty Lee's just so excited for life, and that makes me so happy. True, here. I love Ty. I mean, she's a great character. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it's just. Like especially this episode, I noticed like oh, Ty Lee's kind of an ignoramus. Yes, uh, Ty Lee, like here, she's so excited. It reminds me of someone who's like been thinking about a crossword clue for so long, and then finally they get it, and they're like, yeah, oh my god, yeah. that's the word, and it's like so exciting. Uh, yeah, and and like I love May here. May's like totally on point. She knows exactly what she's talking about, and just like does not care the whole time. <laughs> yeah, May's just bored with the. Girl. I like the May and Ty Lee dynamic. They're such different characters. You have like one of the most upbeat, energetic characters, followed by one of the most low energy, always bored characters. So they have a nice vibe when they play off of each other like this. Like this was a funny scene. That's why I yeah. had all the lines written down. Yeah, I agree. Then May sees that the trail goes one way. She's about to fall for the Avatar's trap, but Azula here is very sharp. Her powers of deduction are incredible facts because i mean yeah she sees just the top of the broken treetops and she's like oh i know exactly what's happening the avatar's trying to trick us so you two go in that direction and get appa i'll go and follow the fur trail and see where that leads very very astute like i'm i'm blown away here 
Do you think she should have sent herself after Appa and sent those two to follow the air trail, or do you think she handled that correctly? No, I think she handles it correctly here. I think so too. Um, like definitely she should send herself after the avatar. Um, like if she can. Mm-hmm. And I think the higher chance of the avatar would be the clumps, uh, just cause like someone needs to fly to get them. Uh, yes. it's not like Sokka's gonna like, you know, sprint a marathon dropping clumps along the <laughs> No, that's true. Sokka doesn't have an ostrich horse like Zuko. Uh, which, which not they gonna... will remind us of many times, by the way. Yes, yes. yes. I don't know why they tied back. I, I'm glad you picked up on that too, because I found that so weird that they even cut, they had that weird shot. If I, that felt out of place in the episode. This is a great episode. Don't get me wrong, but that one shot felt out of place. Yes. Uh, I agree with you there. Uh, but then, yeah. So then we see Azula who's like, okay, like I'm going off this way. May and Tylee are on their, uh, mongoose lizards. Um, uh, and then what, what do we see next year? I think the next, we see, thing oh no, we see, is, so we see Aang landing yeah. in the town. And then I like the, I was going to, I have this in my notes. I like the abandoned saloon vibe that this town that Aang lands in gives off. It's just like an old West, like uh, earth bending village. that's just abandoned. So that all the houses are empty. Yeah. It definitely has a lot of like Western feel. Have you ever been yeah. to like uh six flags or like an amusement park? No, I've been to an amusement park, but never six flags. Yeah. So I'm not American, sadly. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Uh, it, it's not that great. So you're not missing out on a ton, <laughs> okay, but, cool. but six flags does have like a Western feel. And this like sort of feels the same way where it's like, it's like so Western that it almost feels fake. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I almost it expected, feels like a movie set almost. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I almost expected like the sheriff to come out with like slinging some guns and is like, <laughs> you don't belong and in these parts. You don't belong in here, partner. Exactly. What are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. no, true. But I, I like it. And then it, what we have to remember here is that. So the team avatar has not slept for like more than 24 hours at this point. So Aang's exhausted. So we see Aang, he falls into this town like half asleep. And then he decides to just plant himself because he knows either Azula or one of the girls or Zo- or anybody will follow the trail and find him. So he just plants himself and decides to just sit and wait. And I think this was very intelligent from Aang as well, because then if he's able to keep himself awake, he'll be able to confront whoever follows the trail and like hopefully beat them in a battle. So like I said, Ang's old. This is a fleshed out plan from Ang that he puts together in place, and he does all this on no sleep. So yeah. kudos to Ang for like his gears are turned and while he's not sleeping. Unlike Katara, Ang's actually able to function on no sleep, and his brain's always working. So yeah, it's it's also nice because uh, like yeah, it, they, so usually they go to a town, they fight in the town, the town gets destroyed. This time he picks like an abandoned town, so like mm-hmm. there's no one that's gonna like lose their livelihood. So I, I'm I'm much happier that he goes to a ghost town rather than getting a regular town burnt down because I feel no, like facts. so many towns yeah. have been destroyed by his weight. No, true, true. Like the Hey Bai town, that whole town just exactly, gets messed up. Exactly. I mean, I didn't feel too bad for the Legend of Zelda NPC villagers in that town, but their town got messed up. Yeah, by the Hey Bai. Uh, the next thing that we see is we cut to Sokka and Katara. Um, they're like, yes. sur- they're like looking into the trees. They're like trying to find Toph. Uh, and they like see, they like look behind them and they see Mei and Tai Lee, um, you know, chasing right behind them on these mongoose lizards. Katara is like, how do they find us? Uh, Sokka is trying to get them to go faster, but Appa's too tired. And ultimately, Appa's about to go down. They're trying to get across the river. They barely just get across the river. They think that they're safe, but only... Yeah, they start celebrating. (laughs) Yeah, ultimate celebrating too soon. Have you seen, like, a sports compilation? This is totally random. A sports compilation of, like, celebrating too soon plays? I've seen moments of that. Like, the best one of that by far is, like, that college football game. 
where the whole field, they start marching on the field and like the band's out on the field. And then this other team does a bunch of laterals. And then one guy like plows into one of the band members and gets the touchdown as like the opposing team's band members started filling the field. So that's always my favorite celebrated yeah. too soon moment. Do you have another moment off the top of your head that you love? Yeah, there's one where uh, like the there it's like a free kick or something. And the ball like yeah. hits the upper post and the goalie starts celebrating and there's like enough backspin to where the ball like hits the ground oh, and it I goes in. See, you got to send me that after the podcast. I, That's I will. crazy. Like that is like any time that I'm not feeling well, I watch that and I'm like, okay, at least I'm not that goalie. Like True. at least I didn't do that. The though. worst goalie videos though, we're going off topic here. My apologies. No, let's but the go. worst is like when a goalie's trying to like kick it out and then he just like flubs the <laughs> kick and then it just like slowly <laughs> rolls into the net. I've seen, I've seen a lot of highlights of that. I don't even watch that much soccer to be honest but i see those highlights i just laugh i feel so but like at least i'm not a goalie on a day like that yeah the sort of like uh yeah the the schadenfreude of seeing someone else just like miss the ball is just so yeah uh, it, it's like it's always those are the worst because sometimes it'll just take an awkward bounce and it'll just go in it happens in hockey too sometimes yeah, yeah yeah there we go there's our little sports tangent anyway of the day. We, so, so speaking of celebrating too early we see Sokka yeah. and katara do the exact same thing they think that they've totally made it but as soon as the mongoose lizards get to the water they just scale right across the surface of that 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 thing the water does not slow them down one bit uh dan says dan sinensky says that these are called uh jesus christ lizards for the same reason yep uh, yep. makes a ton of sense uh, based on seeing them here. It's pretty cool to be able to see these things like just go across the water. Yeah, true. And they did a good job actually. They The way they animated it is actually the exact way the lizards run across the water in real life. I feel like the animators actually studied these lizards. So, shout out to the team at Avatar studying real life animals and using actual real life animal science in the show. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, it's pretty cool here. So, what we see is like they get across. Uh, Ty Lee like jumps off the ground and Ty Lee and Katara are in a bit of a fight. Katara sends a water whip at her. Um, but then she's really trying to avoid, uh, Ty Lee's blows. I think she's really like, uh, you know, remembers the fact that Tylee can take away bending. Yeah, temporarily. she mentioned that she mentioned that earlier in the episode how Tylee was able to do something that took her bending away, and also Tylee's able to jump from tree to tree like Spider Man. So Tylee's able. Tylee's got like she's not a bender, but she also is on the Avatar basketball team for sure because Tylee <laughs> has like a fifty inch vertical or yeah, something. Yeah, no, that that makes definitely no true. sense. How she's able to like leap from tree to tree with like she's not she. It's not like she's like bouncing off the tree. She has like no momentum, and she's able to jump from tree to tree. I was just shocked with Ty Lee's athletic ability in this fight. And I usually, whenever I see Ty Lee fight, I'm just like, damn. Like, she should, if Ty Lee was in the WNBA, Ty Lee's averaging like 50 points. She's like dunking <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, no, she she definitely would. I think that uh, we see like Aang and Jet do the same thing as they're like yeah, running through the we trees. do see Aang and Jet do the same. But Jet's like using his hook swords and stuff. Oh yeah, this is Tylee's way more impressive. Doing the, yeah, Tylee's doing this with no swords. That's why it's so. And it was impressive when Jet did it too. Honestly, yeah, the fact that Jet was able to keep up with Aang in the trees, but like Tylee doing this, man, I was just shocked. Yep. Then then the next thing that we see is we uh we have May who shoots like a bunch of uh like daggers or sort of things at Katara. Uh, then. Sokka like steps right in front of it and knocks all of these down with his uh, machete and boomerang. This is like next level stuff. Like I know like in Star Wars, we'll see people with their lightsabers, like get rid of all the blasts. Like these are way smaller. And he has like something that's not as powerful. Like 
accuracy just crazy from true Saga. and i feel like they're actually in the latter half of the episode after they spend the whole first half of the episode dunking on Sokka. Sokka actually pretty useful here he's able to knock down these knives ultimately it won't go well for Sokka in this fight though ty lee's immediately gonna paralyze him and then yeah. she tries to like punch him in the head <laughs> like to i guess to paralyze his like brain function so he'll go down and Sokka's like good try but no yep yeah <laughs> which i found so pretty funny i thought that was pretty funny yeah it is funny because ty lee like hits his arm and he can't move his arm and like hits his other arm and then hits his legs and then yeah like goes for the head but nope can't get can't get his head <laughs> too too uh thick skulled i guess too thick skulled yeah there yeah we go. So, so now it's two on one Katara's in a bit of uh, a pinch she's really not going to be able to hold people off for long may sends a bunch uh, or sorry Katara sends like some water at may may just like gets out of the way throws a few of these daggers at Katara and pins her clothes to the tree trunk here i know zach you would have rather her like lose a hand or something well, that's just, the, I just feel like, I'm not saying, I don't, I don't want Katara to lose a hand. Don't put those words in my mouth, please. You were about to just let that go. <laughs> no, no, no. But what I'm saying is like, I feel like May, uh, May, my, is that how you pronounce it? My? Is it May or May? May. Uh, yeah. I think, I think May's fighting style is just kind of neutered by the fact that this is a PG show. Yes. Because like, she could like if May is very accurate with her knives, so she could take it. But maybe at the same time, maybe she has instructions from Azula not to kill anybody. Who knows? L- let's hope so. I mean, if this was The Walking Dead, this she would be a brutal character. Yeah, she would be like Michonne, except instead of having like two zombies, she would just have like a bunch of like knives implanted all over the place. Yeah. Because that's the thing. These knives are sharp and she's accurate. May is very accurate with it. I mean, there's a reason Azula pegged her to be, her and Ty Lee to be part of their, their, her elite small team of fighters. May and Ty Lee are like elite in combat. They know how to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree here. And May, like, uh, I love how she's like celebrating again, celebrating too soon. <laughs> uh, second time. Uh, <laughs> True. May here's like, Oh, I thought when I caught you, it would be more exciting. Oh, well, victory is boring, which like, uh, I just love it. I love how apathetic yeah. she is. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she says it would be more, she thought it would be way more exciting. So even in victory, she's bored. I think there's a term for people who are just unable to find happiness in anything. There's actually like a medical term for it. I forget. Oh, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure it's like that. Cause I think May like has things that she cares about. Like, you know, uh, she'll end up caring about Zuko a bit. Like, I think that, you know, she cares about some things. She was excited to see Azula. I think true. it's true. She, she's true. She's yeah. true. I think she's just like largely apathetic. And like, I think she cares about things, but probably is like, I don't know. Probably she's more then, scared to be vulnerable than anything. And then Ty Lee ha- expresses some regret because then she's like, was it just me or was that guy kind of cute <laughs> talking about Sokka? And I guess this is a thing in the Avatar universe. Like Sokka in, in, with his animation style doesn't really look like the most handsome man. But in the world, like all the girls seem to love Sokka. Like that's a thing. Like Sokka just gets the ladies easily. Yeah, Sokka. I guess he must be a handsome fellow. Sokka must be pretty handsome. You know, I don't see it myself. Uh, I Me neither. I personally think that Sokka looks like pretty bland but i don't know tylee's a little bit into him the the thing that uh we missed is that like right as may celebrating appa then like uses his tail to oh use yeah a huge, appa launches them yeah he uses yeah. a huge gust of wind he absolutely launches them into the river uh and like gets them away so again appa being mvp of the episode yeah and then is this where azula confronts ang or is this the toff and iroh yeah so the and this is weird right so it is the azula and ang um they, yeah they do they do this in a weird order but we'll we'll, we'll talk about in the order they did it because they, yeah. they cut back and forth pretty yeah, quick so, so sounds good 
So first we see Aang, he's chilling in the village by himself still, the empty saloon town. And Azula walks in on him and she's like, and then Aang's like, who are you and what do you want from uh, from us? And then Azula's like, oh, you don't see the family resemblance? And then Azula puts a hand over her eye and does a spot on Zuko impression because she's like, I must capture the Avatar and restore my honor with one hand covering her eye. Yeah. I thought this was pretty funny. And she's like, come on, you can laugh. That's funny. Like Azula, Azula wanted a reaction to her joke there that she doesn't get. Yeah, like Azula right now is just trying to do some stand-up comedy. She's got a tight five. <laughs> she's like ready to yeah. do her sketch. And Aang giving her nothing like it's like a pretty funny joke here like she's making fun of zuko uh but yeah like she ang is not about it whatsoever and azul is like okay like uh i guess like uh you're gonna get caught now do you think that if ang would have appreciated her jokes azula would have let him go no, no. <laughs> azula, azula wanted the jokes appreciated and still wanted to capture ang because azula wants everything yeah i guess uh she's a little greedy then i see i thought if ang was a good audience member she'd be like all right one more day uh yeah no yeah. i i agree i mean <laughs> but, but she, ang is not a good audience member and instead they uh, will may start to battle also i noticed in this scene azula has very sharp nails I don't know. You should look at Azula's nails next time you see it. They're like sharp and to the point. I don't know if she's like stabbing people with her nails at any point. It reminded me of like the evil woman from Holes with like the poisonous nail polish if you ever read Holes. Uh, yeah, no, I do remember that one. The, I've not noticed Azula's nails though. It it does seem like something that she would have, you know. There's there's a shot that lingers on her hands. That's why I know it because I watched the episode twice. So sure. I just had a weird note of that. Yeah. But then, yeah, now we cut to Iroh and Toph and we get their little conversation, which is pretty funny. I mean, we can synopsize it a little bit. So Iroh, <laughs> Iroh tells Toph he pours her tea and he's like, you seem a little too young to be traveling. And then Toph's like, well, you seem a little too old. <laughs> yeah. is, I thought it was pretty funny dialogue. Yeah, I uh, I appreciated that. Um, and then uh, Toph's like, yeah, like uh, I I can totally be by myself. Uh, yeah, Toph just explains that she can be self sufficient, and she says, "You didn't even let me pour my own tea." And then Iroh explains, he's like, "I did that because I wanted to, not because I don't think you can pour your own tea." Yeah, and here I think like Toph actually reveals a little bit of how she might be a bit confused on what's going on. She says like, people see me and they think I'm weak. They think I can't take care of myself. But that isn't exactly what Katara was mad at her about. Katara knows that she can take care of herself. Katara actually wants her to take care of other people as well. Like, I feel like Toph has a bit of a mismatch here. I think Toph is also just, she has this complex about her because of her parents. So her parents see her and assume she's blind and cannot take care of herself. And that's why she... They don't assume she's blind. They they oh, know no, she's no, blind. she no, she is blind. They assume yeah, she I'm cannot just, take I'm care of herself. My, yeah. my bad. I worded that poorly. You're right. <laughs> Good catch there. They don't assume they, they know she's blind, but they assume she cannot take care of herself. And that's why Toph like doesn't like the fact that when in the village she lived in and with the Bay Fong family, people were just like assumed that she couldn't take care of herself, when she, in reality she could take care of herself easily. And then Iroh states she reminds her of Zuko. She she reminds him of Zuko, actually. Yeah, and I think Iroh has like a great piece of advice and this is a piece of advice that i need to take more to heart uh he says there's nothing more or there's nothing wrong with letting the people who love you help you that's like no that's fast that's that's that's, 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 that's 
And I love when Iroh is like espousing wisdom like this because it just makes, I love like Iroh's philosophy is just so true almost every time. And Mako, the voice actor for Iroh, does an incredible job in these scenes, I think. Yes. Almost every time I hear like Iroh giving wisdom, I almost want, I want to clip it every time. I've done it a couple of times, but I want to do it even more often sometimes. Yeah. And then uh, there's also an interesting conversation here where Toph is like, oh, is your nephew lost? And Iroh's like, yes, a little bit. Uh, Like clearly he does not mean like he's lost in in terms of space but more lost in terms of like emotional turmoil yes and, and i yes. think that that's like that that line says so much um yeah th- and without saying a lot and then no, like no you're right you're right and it then, does say a lot without saying a lot and, and then iroh's like uh yeah like i know he doesn't want me to be around him right now but if he needs me i'll be there and this all makes me like really happy like uh you know get someone who treats uh you like iroh treats zuko True. Also, Iroh, really good tracker. Because Zuko's on an ostrich horse and is like way faster than him. We know that. We know this for a fact. So, But then Kuros Iroh, because it's not like the ostrich horse is leaving fur like Appa is. Mm, you know what I mean? So Iroh's tracking skills are pretty damn impressive here. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, we don't have to assume he's on an ostrich horse. We fully know it. And, uh, and yeah, like I, I, I have not considered how hard it must be to keep up with uh, Zuko when he's on the ostrich horse and Iroh. Yeah, he must like, be like a couple of kilometers behind, but he must know like where Zuko is at all times because Iroh's very intelligent. Yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty pretty impressive. I I think I've underrated this, but yeah. So now what we see is like uh, after their tea, Toph's getting up and is like, "Oh yeah, your your nephew's like lucky, even if he doesn't know you." And uh, they're like they're just exchange, exchanging thank yous. Uh, and and Toph, then Toph, Toph, yeah, oh yeah, Toph also says she's like. Make sure you tell your nephew that you need him too, yeah. which is like good advice to be giving Iroh in that moment. So that's what I mean when I said earlier, like both Toph and Iroh gained a lot from this conversation, just like drinking this tea. Yeah. And this is a short scene, but I think this has a lot of impact. And I think this uh, really elevates the rest of the episode because like mm-hmm, we get, does. we get two characters that have no business interacting. Like we barely yeah, know Toph. None. Like Iroh does not have anything to do with Toph, but still they interact and we get a lot out of it. I feel like we learn a lot about both characters. Yeah, we do. I really enjoyed this scene. It's probably my favorite scene of the episode. Yeah. Uh, then we go back to the old Western village. What what should we name this village? The old Western town? Uh, I'm just calling it like the old saloon village. I don't old know. Like what, whatever you want. Like whatever you want to call it. We'll, we'll find out. I think we'll f- figure out a funny name. Like right when we're done recording, we'll be like, that's what we should have mm, called yeah. it. So I don't want to stop down here and brainstorm. That's fair. Don't waste too much time. That's fair. Okay. So then uh, Azula's like, do you really want to fight me? And Zuko out of nowhere is like, yes, I, I, I do. <laughs> Which is good, co- good comedic timing on that for Zuko too. Or not even comedic timing, but just good time for Zuko. Zuko's like, yes, I do. And then yeah. they start to battle. So do you think that Zuko was like waiting in the window? Like he was like <laughs> sitting in the alley, just like hoping to get something. It's like, have I, you ho- s- I, I didn't think that when I was watching the episode, but now I hope that was the case. <laughs> now that you've put that into my head, I hope that's true. Have you seen Arrested Development? Uh, no, not in full. I've only watched like, the first couple of episodes, so, but you could, you could say the joke. Yeah. So, so there's a magician named Tony Wonder, and he always waits mm-hmm. for someone to say, like, oh, I wonder where he is to pop out. And he's like, did someone say wonder? Like, I feel like Zuko did the same thing. Like, Zuko was just waiting in the alleyway for like 30 minutes. Like, he was going to take on Aang by himself, and he's like, no, 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 I'm going to wait for a good... Good little quip I can make before but I... But instead of taking on Aang, he actually teams up with Aang here. Him and Zuko and Aang basically battle Azula two-on-one for a while here. 
Like, I mean, it's it's almost like a three-way battle, like, where they all want to take each other down, essentially. So, like, Azula wants to capture Aang, and she wants to just, like, make a fool of Zuko. Zuko wants to capture Aang and wants to beat Azula. Aang just wants both of them out of the way and wants to escape, <laughs> yeah. basically. Aang just so, it's kind of like, I, I like this fight because it's, like, three people who all have, like, their own self-interest, basically. So, it's, like, nobody's te- really teaming up. They're all just, like, battling each other. So, it's, like, a three-way fight we have going on here. Yeah, and it's interesting that ang waited there so long but his plan clearly is to just like dip out and leave it seems um like he waited so long at the town then as soon as like the fighting starts uh, and he realizes that he's got like a chance to leave he just like gets his glider and starts to go um, which is smart i think though because it gives Sokka and Ta- on Sokka and katara more time to go farther or like escape too and you're, he's drawing azula away from the group as well so i think this is smart because hypothetically if he can escape azula here and rejoin the group then he's like gotten azula pretty far off course with her machine so i think this was a very intelligent plan from ang for that reason yeah, no, that's that's fair. I not really consider that. I also appreciate uh, this is going back just a, a few seconds where Azula's like, "Oh, I was wondering where you'd show up, Zuzu," and Aang is just like, "Oh, Zuzu!" Like laughing off so hard at that yeah, joke. So, uh, so Azula actually got Aang with one of her jokes. Yeah, <laughs> Aang, Aang, Aang liked Zuzu. She liked that. Uh, <laughs> he liked that nickname. See, I would have loved to see an Azula like five minute stand up sketch. Like we'll later see her try to interact with people at a party. Like I would love to see her try to do stand up. It would be. So- so I want to see the Azula stand up. I bet she'd bomb and like start like killing audience members is what would happen. <laughs> she just starts like, she bombs and some person starts booing. She just like blasts them with lightning. I feel like that's how yeah. it would go. Yeah, down. that would be pretty Because Azula would not be a good comedian. Let's be real. No. I mean, her, her jokes make me laugh, but Azula lacks the comedic timing needed to be a good comedian. Sokka Easy. could probably do, I think Sokka could do a little five minute sketch if he really tried or five minute bit. Yeah, I feel like Toph is probably the best stand up comedian. True. Toph's, Toph's in insults. Toph would be like a modern Lewis Black, yeah. just like insulting, like getting angry and like using Sugar Queen and diddly doodah. Yep. Toph very good with the catchphrases. She'd be selling t-shirts just like every comedian podcast <laughs> out there for sure. Exactly. I feel like she would have some good observational comedy, so I'd watch that. But before we get to Toph's stand-up, uh, we first have... We first have <laughs> we, uh, wait, we get to Toph's stand-up? That comes later in the episode? I didn't even uh, know. No, I'm, it's I'm a playing, secret I'm scene. Though. It's a secret scene. Oh, really? Yeah. But then, yeah, before we get there, continue Jake. um yeah so then we get this fight so it, it is like a pretty chaotic fight here um, yeah there's a lot going on so you just want to give the quick we'll, we'll obviously we'll talk about like katara and Sokka making the save alongside iroh and toff but like my favorite part of this fight was when ang was floating on his air scooter and then azula comes so ang's like floating above like a three-story house basically so there's, like, there's stairs all around and then azula pops in and she almost falls in because then ang's like floating over like three stories worth but azula's nimbly saves herself and then zuko just comes tumbling in and just crashes below poor zuko was not as swift as azula yeah. and just falls to and, and of course zuko's so headstrong he's gonna fall in a house yeah, of course like the other people like clearly Sokka would as well like uh he's yes, the other Sokka one that's like, would definitely clearly gonna go. fall but yeah like of course that they're too headstrong um I think it's fun. Like then after that, uh, we see like Aang jump down. Uh, Aang's like jumping up some buildings later and Azula's like chasing him and like her fire so powerful. She's literally cutting buildings in half with just fire alone. That's crazy. It's like wild. Azula's firebending is wild. Like I mean, watching Azula in combat is just like, my goodness, this is a 14 year old girl who could like probably take over a country in real life. Like if Azula existed in our world, she would be like a menace to society. Yeah. I mean, sure. 
yeah, it, it would it would be pretty hard to take her down. Although, like, uh, yeah, I, I think you'd need multiple firebenders because, like, you'd have to have someone at all times, um, or else, like, whenever, yeah. Anyway, uh, whenever they like slept, I think it'd be uh, too easy to do a sneak attack unless they're tough. No facts, yeah. facts. But then, yeah, this, this this is a pretty good fight. I mean, we'll yada yada it a little bit, but this this is a great fight. Like, there's a lot going on. Then basically. Aang's about to get captured by Azula. She like corners him and like starts burning the building that he's in. But then Katara comes, makes the save, water whips and like grabs Azula's arm. Then Sokka comes, is able to knock down one of Azula's fire blasts, which is boomer with his boomerang, which was another impressive feat by him in the episode. Then Toph comes and is able to knock Azula down. Like everyone just dunking on poor Azula basically. Cause then Toph comes and is able to knock Azula down with the earthbending blast. Then Iroh comes in and knocks Azula down with like, like a little belly bump almost. He like bumps <laughs> yeah. her with, I don't know how to describe this, but he bumps her with his stomach, he, basically. No, how you describe it is uh, Uncle Iroh absolutely bodies her. <laughs> she's trying to run. Fact, she could, she's trying yeah, to run away. Body. And he is the like great wall, just like standing there, does not move. She absolutely gets flattened by he him. He sets a big screen. He sets like a, I don't know if you watch basketball, but he yeah. sets like a Stephen Adams screen yes. here is what he does. Yeah. No moving yeah. screen. He had two no, feet he, planted. He, this is clean. Clean, clean feet planted. I, yeah. If anything, Azula flopped. If anything. No, facts. Azula. <laughs> If anything, uh, but then, true. Yeah. Then, then we get Azula surrounded by six people all ready to take her down. Uh, what does she say here? Do you have her traitors line? Cause that's a good line if you have it written down. Uh, yeah, I, I do have it written down, but for some reason it's not in this part of the notes. Um, oh, no big deal. Don't worry about it. But she has a line. I'll paraphrase it where she's like traitors and enemies all working together. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is that actually that is uh, exactly what she says. She says enemies oh, and traitors. But yeah, like uh, that. that's what she says. She then like pretends she's going to surrender. Uh, she's like, OK, I know when I'm beaten, like uh, a princess surrenders, with, surrenders honor. with honor, which yeah, and well, like Azula is so full of shit. Pardon my language <laughs> here. I'm, I'm sorry for the cuss word. My apologies. Any kids listening, close your ears for that one second. Yes. But go go, so back time, go back in time, kids. Go back in time. Go back. Go back. Like Azula's so full of crap because like Azula doesn't care about honor. She's not like Zuko. Zuko cares about like being a prince and living with dignity and honor. Azula doesn't care about anything. Azula cares about winning. That's it. Yeah. I know, I know, like, if we're following the Enneagram thing, Azula's a three for sure. She's all she wants to do is win. Like, that's what she wants. She's like, Azula's like the Michael Jordan except evil of the Avatar universe. Like, all she cares about is like winning these battles and nothing more. Are you saying Michael Jordan's not like a little bit evil? He is. I mean, yeah. I, I, we don't need to get into the psychology, psychology of Michael Jordan. He is a little bit evil for sure. Yeah. I mean, the Jordan brand is not not the best brand. I mean, there's a lot we could get into. Michael Jordan, not the nicest guy. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. He is a little... Like, I do see some parallels between MJ and Azula, to be honest. They're both incredibly talented people, but not the nicest either. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very true. And honestly... uh yeah, the, the, a great comparison. Both people should be honored to be compared to each other. But no, they are, I think they'd like each other. Like if Azula and Michael Jordan were in a room and somehow you could put them together, I think they'd get along. As weird as it is to say. I, yeah, I think they might as well. Uh, the one thing that is like a bit odd here. So Azula's like uh, a princess surrenders with honor. Like Uncle Iroh should have just been like, no, nah, that's BS. Like there's not a chance you're going to surrender with honor. Like True. I know you too I, well. Iroh, Iroh should have, Iroh should have seen this come. Like nobody else knows Azula the way he does. Like even maybe Zuko, Zuko maybe Z Zuko too. But then 
Zuko, I don't know. Zuko never has the best gauge on Azula. I mean, he's going to team up with her at the end of season two when she has like no intention of like helping Zuko at all and just uses him as a patsy pretty much. Yeah. So Zuko never had the best grasp on Azula until like the end of the series. Whereas Iroh should have seen this coming. Yeah. Cause Iroh even knew that like the going home, like early in season two was like total misnomer. Like she was yeah. like pulling mm-hmm. some faster plan. So uncle Iroh should have been like, okay, uh, if you surrender, then like, I don't know, like, give up or something like or should have exactly. like immediately yeah. try to take her out but no uh azula instead plays a little dirty here she then uh like sends a blast or she has actually first a devious smile then she yeah. like takes a she step. does have a little evil sinister <laughs> smile there you're right she she takes a step forward and takes out uncle iroh who just gets With like a pinpoint blast of flame and just shoots him right in the chest yeah who would you take out here so let's say you, your goal is to beat everyone right you have six people around you you Dang. get one Aang, Aang is who I would take out because then I, I I think she and I think she corrects this mistake in the end of season two when she shoots Aang with the blast of lightning while he's like in the Avatar state and like he loses a passage because of this. But yeah, he I think you take out Aang here instead of Iroh because what does taking out Iroh benefit Azula here? It doesn't really do anything for her. I kind of think it's not like it's not like Iroh was like tracking Azula here. He doesn't care about Azula, really. Yeah, but I kind of think that this gets to where like Azula is right now. Like Azula, um, like obviously she knows the Avatar is the Avatar and like very powerful. But like Uncle Iroh might actually be the more powerful person if true, Aang doesn't go true. into the Avatar state. True. No, you're right. You're right. Iroh technically is the most powerful person there. So by taking him out, it makes it easier for her to like hypothetically, if she was unable to escape here, she could easily battle them with Iroh out of the pic or like more easily battle them with Iroh out of the picture so maybe she does the correct thing here that's a good point you actually did convince yeah so, so then Zuko screams and everyone else turns they throw all four elements at uh, Azula plus Sokka throws a little boomerang for fun um, and they it creates an explosion there's a bunch of uh, smoke everywhere and Azula clears. Now, why did no one try to track Azula down? They have her outnumbered. They could easily capture her if they chose to track her down. She can't have gotten that far. So why does, like, why do they not try to find her? I think they're just like, okay, they cut their loss. A team avatar cuts their losses here and is like, you know what? Now, at least while Azula's running away, we have time to put distance between us and Azula, whereas Zuko is just too concerned with Iroh. And like even the poor team avatar tries to help and Zuko's just like, leave with his like his voice cracking. He's like on the verge of tears, just trying to help Iroh. But at least Zuko and Iroh are back together. Next episode, Iroh's yeah. gonna teach Zuko some fun, uh, some combat combat against lightning bending. So I'm happy that Zuko and Iroh are back together now and Zuko just tends for tends to Iroh and takes care of him. Yeah. Also one thing that Katara says is like, oh Zuko I can help right before uh, like Zuko yeah. lashes out. Do you think Katara here was going to use the spirit water? Yes, I do think that was her intention. So that is clutch that Zuko tells her to get away because that water is going to come very much in, uh, into use later on. So true, honestly, I mean, it's going to be very important. So, but she was about to use it on Iroh. Yeah, Iroh has been good to Team Avatar. I mean, yeah. He hasn't hurt them or anything. Like he, because Iroh like goes along with like Zuko's harebrained schemes to capture <laughs> the Avatar and is basically just like a mentor to Zuko's like young bald wily coyote, yep. basically. <laughs> but then, and like Iroh doesn't really care about capturing Aang. He knows it's kind of futile. And I think Iroh knows like leaving Aang free is like better for the world mm-hmm. in a way. Iroh's not as invested in the Fire Nation politics as he may have been in the past. So, no, that's, and that's pretty that's, much the end of the episode. So then, 
the episode's over basically it ends with like everyone finally getting some sleep on oppa after being up nearly 48 hours and like the final shot is just everybody asleep on oppa's back and that's that that's the episode there you go well we are back with you know a pretty great episode um, i think the chase like is a good one it goes from like the blind bandit to zuko alone to the chase like really just banger after banger in terms of episodes to start season two no facts. These this is a really good three episode stretch here. And even the next episode next week is like maybe it's not as high on some other people's um rankings, but I really enjoy the comedy in next week's episode. I think it's a very funny episode. A lot of laughs to be had, a lot of jokes to be made there. So I'm excited to talk about this stretch of episode season. I mean, season two doesn't really have any weak episodes though. Like season two just hit after hit after a certain point. So we're lucky to be in the thick of things in season two. And I'm excited to be back on the podcast, man. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. We're uh excited to have you back. Like it's so fun to be back podcasting with you. Like uh Oh thank you. Lots thank of, you. You're too kind. Lots lots of fun jokes uh that that we made along the way here, but we have a few segments to wrap things up. We're first going to start with our episode rankings. Uh, our episode rankings are zero to four cabbages. Uh, we will have our rankings and the listeners' rankings average to three to get the official ang in their score. Zach, since you are back, would you like to start off with your ranking? Sure. I'm going to give this episode a 3.6 out of 4. I think the fight at the end is really good because it's like, cool. I mean, this is the first time we see Zuko, Iroh, Aang, Katara, all of them tough, like teaming up together against a common enemy. And it's also, I really think the Iroh and Toph conversation bumps this episode up for me because I actually forgot. I remembered this whole episode, but I forgot Iroh and Toph meet this early in season two. Yep. So that, that I, I really enjoy that conversation. I remember it on every rewatch and that bumps it up to a 3.6 out of four not as high as i would have had i would have had the other two episodes at fours both of them the past two episodes i would have given them a four that's how much i enjoyed them but this is a 3.6 so still pretty good yeah yeah I, i think it's pretty good i think we have uh this is so the past two episodes i think have gotten like listeners just giving fours out the wazoo this episode is a bit more uh like a bit more i guess hit or miss for people uh we have some people giving fours uh like uh professor daniel wrote in with a, a four he says that this is the best three episode string of the entire series uh which i i think he might be right yeah. i mean he, he's uh, it's close i'd have to look at the whole series overview but this is one of the best three episode stretches for sure yeah i agree but the entire audience is at a 3.31 i feel like uh it, it's kind of capped uh to where like it's hard to get like super high because all it takes is a few people to rate it down but true a, pr- true. a pretty good rating from the audience i'm at a 3.5 myself um, nice, nice. Yeah. similar to me yeah I, I think that this is like a pretty good episode i think that we have uh a lot of fun characters to play with i think that we hit like a lot of characters they all get like some moment to be good to grow to go forward um and yeah i think this is a good episode that will leave the official ang in their ranking at a 3.47 Nice. And then do you want to just jump into our battle of the battle ranking right away? Yeah. And I think that we have two battle of the battle rankings uh, this time. We oh. we don't normally do two, but I do think that there are like two proper battles in this one. Oh, okay. So you want to do the, you want to do the Azula and, um, uh, or uh, not Azula. Do you want to do the Me- first, the, the first battle with um, Katara and Sokka versus 
Tylee and May. Is yep. that the battle you want to rank first? Okay, let's do yep. that. Um, like, ultimately, I'm not very high on that battle. Like, I, Me neither. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's, like, great by any means, but I definitely do think that it, like, should count uh, as a battle. Yeah, no, it, it counts as a battle. You're right. It's yeah. a full-fledged battle. There's actual combat. I'll, I'll, I'll start. Okay. I'll give it a 2.9 out of 4. I like Azula, or not Azula. I keep saying Azula. <laughs> I like Ty Lee jumping through the trees like Spider-Man yeah. almost. Just, like, just her vertical impressed me. Maze daggers and stuff. And how I liked her, like, almost trying to concuss Sokka and him just like, nope, yep. nice try, basically. So yeah. there were some moments in this battle, but overall, not great, kind of forgettable. So 2.9 out of 4. Yeah, I- I'm even a bit lower on it than you. Like, ultimately, I had way more fun talking about the battle than I did yes, watching it. it was fun talking about it with you, but then watching it, it was kind of fun. Yeah, because, like, the celebrating too soon stuff led to some fun Yeah, stuff, that's too but, funny. Now, I just, uh, just want to watch it. After, right after this podcast is done, which it will be in, like, the next 10 minutes, I'm just going to watch those compilations. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. But, yeah, so I, I think that it was a lot of fun to talk about it not a ton to uh to watch it so i'm at a 2.5 myself putting the episode or sorry the battle at a 2.7 um yeah mm-hmm. like ultimately there, there's some cool moments i think that like may i always like when she's uh there i think that it's kind of nice to see both groups celebrate early that's fun but uh ultimately like i don't know not a ton going on unlike the other battle that we get this episode which has a ton going on uh, Azula facing off against every single element in the old unnamed Western town. Um, yeah, I, I remember this battle very clearly. Like on this rewatch, some battles, I mean, like even Paku versus Katara, I kind of like forgot how good a fight that was, and I gave that fight a four. So, but this is a very good fight. I remember it a lot. Even every rewatch, I'm like, damn, I remember the everybody coming together to face Azula. I give this a 3.7 out of 4. I like this fight. It was fun to watch on TV. I remember the fight with Azula when she's like chasing Aang in Omashu. I thought that was so boring in comparison to this. <laughs> this is fast paced. It's quick hitting. There's stuff going on. So, yeah, I'll give this a 3.7. I was pretty high on this fight. Yeah. Ultimately, like, I think this this fight has great pacing. So, like, yes. it's got some good yes. gags with, like, Zuko falling it has some cool fights with uh like the buildings falling apart and then like characters just keep coming in and more and more ads but it doesn't feel like overwhelming at any point and said each character gets their own moment i'm pretty high on this battle i'm giving it a 3.8 that leaves this battle at a 3.75 this is like one of my more favorite battles plus the moment where they send all the elements blasting at azula it's just pretty cool really cool yeah no that was dope yeah. And that's that. That's so that's those are our episode and battle rankings. We'll be back with the T Quartet next week. You can email us at avatar at post show recaps. If you got a good T Quartet, we'll go with it. So message us some famous foursomes in media or in the world and yeah, we'll do it up. So if you're listening now and you got any suggestions for a T Quartet, send them in. We're the we're we're looking for T Quartets. Yeah, and I think that there are like a few more ideas floating out there. I know Golden Girls is one that uh we definitely yes. plan to do. I feel like we should do that with a guest. Yes, though, to be honest. Yes, I that, that that's one to save with a guest. I completely agree with you there. Um but definitely uh like we are looking for more T Quartets. Uh obviously like uh when we're on a bit of a hiatus, like we didn't uh have the plan, but we'd love to have more people write in with those. The last thing for this week would be our listener feedback, Zach. Uh, you want to quickly go through some of the questions that we have? Yeah, sure. I made the mistake. I didn't look through the listener I, feedback I got them right in the show. No worries. Perfect, perfect. So re- read them yep. out to me and let's get, let's dig uh, into it. John John said, what would you want to make or imitate out of Appa's fur that's shedding? So what would be your primary thing that you would want to make? 
I'd probably make a fake beard too, a just like Aang. I would just make a funny fake beard. I feel like it would be just fun to make one with all of his hair. What about you? Do you have a more practical use for Appa's hair? Would you just go for the funny gag? I think I would go with like leg warmers. Like it's ultimately oh, like uh, yeah, smart. like I think it would be like really warm and cozy to put. Could around you even legs. make a if if Appa shed a lot of fur? Could you make a coat out of Appa's fur? I feel like I would take it to the shop and be like, "Hey, make a coat out of this," or like <laughs> take it to some coat tailor. Yeah, or something. yeah, you definitely could make um yeah you definitely could so make like a canada coat. goose except instead it's like canada opera Can- basically <laughs> canada opera what a what a name <laughs> uh, yeah uh yeah I, th- I think that uh ultimately like probably a coat is a good idea but yeah i think like some yeah. leg warmers some that's nice, smart some nice uh some nice accessories there uh dan wrote in uh not only about the jesus christ lizards which is uh now living rent free in my head but he also asked uh, when Sokka, Aang, Katara, Toph, and Zuko all attack Azula with his boomerang and streams of their element, Sokka's boomerang hits Azula's shield of fire before any of their bending. Was this intentional or just something the animators put in for no reason? They have an interesting relationship throughout the show where she calls Sokka by his name, but not any of the other members of the gang, but she underestimates him for being a non-bender. So what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't know if the animators did this intentionally, but I feel like in the latter half of the episode, and I actually responded to Dan's comment with what I'm about to say, essentially, but basically in the latter half of the episode, okay, let's give Sokka some moments to shine. Because prior to that, we have like Toph dunking on him for being a (laughs) non-bender. We have have Katara landing on him after Toph bends her out of the way. So like Sokka's kind of just gets dunked on throughout the episode, but then in like the last 10 minutes of the episode, they're like, okay, let's give Sokka some moments to shine. So he like deflects May's knives. He deflects Azula's fire at multiple points. So at least they gave Sokka a couple of moments. That's that's what I got from it, at least. Uh, yeah, and, and I think this is uh, pretty funny. Victor also wrote in and he said that like uh, uh, with a screenshot and said that like he'd never noticed. But as everyone's doing the bending, Sokka throws his boomerang thinking it's effective. Like ultimately, like <laughs> the boomerang's not going to be the first or like going to be the most important hit. But I do like the idea that it's the fastest. Like, sure, it's not that yeah, powerful, true. but it's sure going to get there quick. True. I mean, Sokka's pretty quick to the trigger with his boomerang. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think, uh, so Victor also points out, I think it's just great to point this out again, how smart, uh, Azula is here, how she like wastes no time. She instantly figures out that Aang's trying to give her the slip. Props to Azula. Yeah. I mean, Azula's a genius. I mean, she's a social, she's an evil sociopath (laughs) and she's crazy in the head, but she's also smart. She's very intelligent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Daniel wrote in, uh, and he said, can we do economic analysis of whether Toph is being totally above boards in terms of a cost benefit analysis or does she suck for violating communal norms? Cost first benefit analysis aside. Now, this is some um, economics. These are a lot. These are a lot of terms <laughs> going over my peanut brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you kind of lost me. I mean, I, maybe you and Daniel can start a podcast <laughs> all about the economics of Avatar. But Daniel, you lost me, my friend. I'm not that. You gotta. If you're gonna talk about this economic stuff, you gotta dumb it down for us normies. That's here, what I here. I, like J- Jacob, you did a very good job. We were talking about G. G- some stuff offline and you did a good job dumbing it down for me so that you like you gotta translate that into normal speech sure 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 so as essentially i'm happy to do this i think uh you know daniel and i are both very happy that we can talk about some of our favorite things avatar and economics (laughs) together and uh yeah maybe maybe we just need an exclusive email chain for all the economists here but uh essentially i think the question is like 
is uh is Toph like uh, yeah like what is she upholding her end of the bargain or like is the uh I guess like the costs outweighing the benefits here if I'm thinking about this yes Toph does uh like is kind of in the right like she probably doesn't need to be pitching in however she should be updating to where when she sees uh Katara getting very upset with her she should be like okay like sure work does not seem fun but having Katara mad at me is so much worse so I feel like she's not doing like a proper cost benefit analysis or she would have helped out more well there you go now I'm a lot smarter than I was when I started <laughs> this podcast an hour ago well so there you I'm go gra- I'm glad we're talking uh, cost benefit analysis Bayesian updating we're we're out here on the avatar podcast do going. we have more feedback from like Lydia and the rest uh, of it yes what, one last question uh, comes from Lydia she says this episode demands discussion of an age old conundrum here it is you get 10 million dollars but for the rest of your life there is a super small snail that is invincible and tries to kill you by touching you it follows you trying to kill you what would you do um i'd take the money i just keep moving i just travel all the time because it's a snail okay like hypothetically if it touches you do you die yes yes Okay. Yeah, you just keep moving. I mean, I just keep moving. I, I, I would do the snail thing. Like, it's a snail. It's not like the machine in the show is moving way faster than a snail would be moving, right? So I wouldn't do this with like the machine Azula was traveling with. I would not take the money, but with a snail, I'm taking the money. I'm taking the money. Take the money and run like the Steve Miller song. If anybody <laughs> knows that for an old like white people reference, I'm taking the money and I'm running like Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. But, but like if you ever wanted to do any like work or like be in a place for so long you'd have to like commute so far so that like like in order to even sleep you would have to like drive so far to be able to go to bed you'd have it's to a snail how, how how snails don't travel that far <laughs> though you can sleep i'm pretty sure you can sleep 12 hours the snail will move like 10 feet no 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 like so a snail can move 0.063 miles per hour so it can move Okay, it can only move like a mile. Uh, it can only move like one and a half miles every day. No, like for me, I'm, well, I'm unemployed, so like, no, there's no employment issues for me. I get, and I, if you can work from home, then just travel from motel to motel. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I take the money. Like, the money is too, it's too valuable. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people might disagree with me in the comments, but let us know. Write in and say, would you take the ten million, or would you have the snail? Or would you not want the snail following you and killing you? I'm too broke. I'm broke five broke. I'd, I'd take the money. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. Like maybe you could get two houses now that you have $10 million on opposite sides of town and just like switch every other night. Yeah, that's what I mean. Exactly. Dude. Well, that's smart. I didn't even think of that. That's a good idea. You just broke the, the, <laughs> the game here. That's smart. I'm just I trying not to die from a snail. Like, could you imagine how embarrassing it is? True. It'll be a depressing way to die. It's like, like a snail, like touching you with their antenna and you just like disintegrate. It's like, cause of death snail touch like that's just yeah. that's terrible it's like the cheese touch from diary of oh yeah it yeah it. it is oh my gosh uh well that, that's all for our podcast yep. i'm pretty sure this was a lot of fun this was a good podcast i think like i'm excited for when this gets released i think the fans are going to enjoy this podcast overall yeah let's hope so uh, i think we had a lot of fun yeah if, if you enjoy this podcast please do let us know you can tweet at us at post show recaps 
or you can tweet us individually. We do absolutely love the feedback right in. Yeah, we love all the feedback and shout out to all the people who consistently give feedback. And like, thanks to all the people who sent me messages while I'm gone. I'm talking like Dan Sinensky, Sarah, Felipe, AJ Norris, who we'll have back on soon. Thank you to all the people who messaged me well wishes. So you guys are the real MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much. Like, go ahead, rate us and review us five stars. Sm- slam those five stars. Postshowrecaps.com slash ATLA where yeah. you can slam on all those five-star reviews. Just absolutely slam them. And happy Pi Day. Obviously, we're recording this on Pi Day Sunday. By the time you're listening to this, it's definitely after Pi Day, but you can still celebrate. Pi Day's a great day for that anyway. Enough facts. And is that all for us, Jacob? Are we peacing right here? Yeah, that's all we got. Thanks so much. Peace out, everyone. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.